What's up, bitches? This is Sierra. And what's up, bitches? This is Morgan. And this is Bitches and Murders. Hey! I don't know if I did that on time. I think that turned out pretty well, actually. Uh, I don't think I have any housekeeping. Do you have any housekeeping? I do not have any housekeeping, actually. So we're going to talk about a Playboy bunny that got murdered today. Okay. That sounds interesting. I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, I have so many, like, I didn't realize it, but now that I'm scrolling through my notes, I see that I have a lot of, like, little parentheses where I put my thoughts in there. That's always my favorite part. Anyway. <laughs> I can relate to that. Um, <laughs> They're not good thoughts. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's get into this. Uh, so we're going to talk about Dorothy Stratton today. Uh, she was born Dorothy Ruth Huga Stratton. Huga Stratton. That's a fucking name. Yeah. Not surprised she shortened it. Um, And she was born in Vancouver, Canada on February 28th of 1960. Ooh, a Canuck. Nice. Um, And it gets real fucked really quick. So in 1977, Dorothy, who, for people whose math is not your strong suit, she's 17. I am one of those people. Yes. So she's 17. She's in high school. She's working part-time at a Dairy Queen. Uh, And this is where she meets Paul Snyder, who is 26. Ew. I hate that. I I immediately hate everything about this. Big fucking yikes. Mm Mm-hmm. It's giving me, like, big groomer energy, and I'm super not into that. Yeah. So, Paul Snyder's a real stand-up fucking guy. Uh, He is a Vancouver area club promoter, and he's a pimp on the side. Oh, super classy job choices. We love it. Yeah. So, shortly after they meet, when she's 17, and he's 26, they start dating. Ew. Double yikes. Uh... While they were dating, Paul <laughs> had professional nude photos of Dorothy taken. That's illegal. Again. Very illegal. 17. Hate it. Uh, and he took it upon himself to send them to the Playboy magazine. Mm, I don't even know if they had a sex offenders list back then, but I feel like this guy should be on it. And, like, towards the top, please. Oh. Mm. The plot, it thickens. Uh, so, since she was a fucking minor, um, her mom had to sign a release for these photos, and she did. Like, why is that even legal? Like, it should just be like, no. No, you, you can't send nude photos of your fucking minor children. Or, like, what they were. Huh? Like, uh, like at all in any, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't, yeah. So in August of 78, Dorothy moves to LA because she was chosen as a finalist for the 25th anniversary great playmate hunt. Like good for her, but I want to throw up. The fact that I had to say that I want to throw up. Yeah. That is the worst name I've ever heard. Yeah. So she's 18 
Okay. So Paul joins her in LA in October. And they were married in June of 1979. God damn it. I knew this is where that was going, but. He's 28. Mm-hmm. She's 19. I fucking That should also be illegal. I- I'm just saying Billie Eilish. Yeah. So at the young age of 19, uh, Dorothy is Playboy's Miss August. Um, and she began working as a bunny at the Playboy Club in L.A. I mean, good for her, but like, at what cost, honestly? Yeah. What cost? Um, and then in 79, at the insistence of Hugh Hefner, which everything said insistence, but I don't know if that meant like. Like actual. Voluntold or like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't like the insistence is what the word was. But um, anyway, Hugh Hefner talked her into starting an acting career. Um, and so in 1979, she was in Buck Rogers, Fantasy Island, um, Americathon, and Skate Town, USA, and Autumnborn. Which, like, you know, honestly, that's probably, like, the only good thing to come out of this so far. Because, uh, you know, as much as I hate this and I think the sex work is legitimate, like... It's definitely considered as not as legitimate. Um, yeah. Where, like, a movie, like, being a movie star and being an actress is, like, considered way more of, like, a suitable profession. So, like, it's better for her to go in that direction. Yeah. But I still hate everything about it. Yeah. So, her acting career is doing well. Um, and around this time, Hugh Hefner... Uh, reportedly encouraged Dorothy to sever ties with Paul, calling him a quote hustler and a pimp. Which, like, sir, you have no leg to stand on. Yeah, like literally no legs at all, none, like zero. Are are you not a glorified pimp? Like that's literally your job. But okay, like that that's literally what the mansion is. Anywho, um, so besides. Hefner um some of the other playboys actually warned Dorothy about Paul's behavior like it was real bond of the sisterhood they were not a not a fan of Paul nobody likes Paul I don't like Paul that's for sure strangely enough uh when you groom a minor into becoming a playboy bunny and then marry her nobody's gonna like your behavior but at least well no women (laughs) literally but like I'm glad they were there for her but also like I'm sure that didn't make much of a difference yeah so (laughs) um that brings us to 1980 I feel like the story is trucking along faster than I thought it would I don't know this is where it gets kind of thickums um so (laughs) 1980 uh the first few months of the year she is completing her playmate of the year shoot um because that was a, a title that she won um, as well as wrapping up filling, filming for Galaxina, I think is how we're deciding that's going to be pronounced. Sure. I don't know. Weird 80s movie. Um, and during this time, Paul took it upon himself to start acting as Dorothy's chauffeur, manager, and acting coach. Of course he did, because of course he wanted to ride the coattails of a woman who actually had talent when he had none and a good 10 years ahead of her to get started on things. Oh, I hate men. 
ma'am, it's going to get worse. You know that, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So Paul's constant presence as well as his like very fucking rude criticism of her uh, sparked daily arguments between the two. And it caused Dorothy enough stress that both her co workers, co workers, question mark, is that what you call other Playboy, but her, her fellow really bunnies? I guess. Co workers? I don't know what to call them. I guess they're co workers. Yeah. Yeah. So her fellow bunnies plus all of her co workers on set of Galaxina noticed like the tension in the relationship and like people were like, mm, like, I know we've already said you should get out, but, like, maybe you should get out for realsies. Yeah, especially it's, like, different, too, when it's, like, in your face. Like, you were seeing it. Yeah. Um, Instead of, like, officially getting out in March of 20... Or ah, March 22nd. I hate my brain. Uh, Dorothy flew to New York City to begin work on a rom-com called They All Laughed. Good for her. Uh, which was being directed by Peter Bogdanovich. And he'll become important later. Good old Peter. Oh, excuse me. Um, and she was to play the unhappy married love interest of John Ritter. Wow, that sounds familiar. She can relate to that. Sound familiar? Uh, and I'm not. I'm not going through this man's last name again. Peter. So the director um, also wrote the screenplay, and in an interview said that he based Dorothy's character on what he had learned of her marriage with Paul okay that's kind of savage like that's hilarious but also like ouch we love a petty man <laughs> like we really we do uh so to the surprise of literally no one dorothy and peter started having an affair who could have seen that coming yeah uh i honestly same. <laughs> um so paul insisted on accompanying accompanying dorothy to nyc uh, but Dorothy, like, obviously recognized the problems that that would cause on set, and she convinced him to stay in L.A., stating that the director had closed the set to everyone but cast and crew. That wasn't true. It was not a closed set, but that's just what she told Paul. Yeah, I mean, good for her. I wouldn't want that motherfucker around either. Like, absolutely not. In April, she briefly returns to L.A. to prepare for her intro as Playmate of the Year, and on April 30th, a luncheon was held at the mansion where she was presented as Playmate of the Year. Um, and, you know, there is a party and this big, you know, to-do about this. Um, and there's some quotes from Hefner and, like, his speech about her, like, saying that she had a great career in such a short time frame. Um, and that, you know, she had this great combination of, like, charm and beauty and intelligence and sensitivity that made her quote something rather special and really quite unique like i appreciate them appreciating her but (laughs) right i don't i don't like it yeah and like i'll have to send you the picture she was gorgeous i mean oh i have no doubt she was a playboy bunny so like obviously but like she was so pretty and it's like so upsetting to see men like this like take advantage of women who are naturally talented like like he did not make her like she like she has all of those abilities already in her he just took advantage of them and like it's so sad we see this so much in hollywood yeah um 
So part of being Playmate of the Year meant that she received about $200,000 in cash, as well as like a ton of gifts and stuff for earning that title. So like our girl's doing really good. Is it weird that I never really thought about like how much money you would make in that? Like that's a good chunk. <laughs> um, so she began a two-week promo tour in Canada um, and she had no event scheduled for the first weekend. So she flew to New York to visit Peter. Um, and at this time, she wrote a letter to Paul asking for more freedom in their relationship. Um, I couldn't really find any clarification on like what that was supposed to mean, but I'm guessing that was kind of like a... Yeah, like, let's get a little bit of separation. Yeah. Um, he reportedly called her and flew into a fucking rage in response. And her... Oh, this makes me so mad for her. Um, her tour was scheduled to end in Vancouver, which, if you'll remember, that's where she was from. Um, and she didn't have any, like, she didn't have a whole lot of events scheduled so she had plans to like relax with her family like catch up with everybody um and instead paul showed up at the last minute and made her spend her entire time making personal appearances in different nightclubs and he pocketed all of her appearance fees so if i could travel back in time i'm i'm killing this guy right like you are we are <laughs> dude if I could, I would. Yeah, honestly, though. Like, I hate him. <laughs> she returns to New York to finish filming. And then in June, she goes back to L.A. and basically did her best to avoid Paul. Don't blame her. She moved in with Peter. Good for her. She deserved that. In his, like, L.A. home. Um, And then in late June, she sent Paul another letter announcing that they were now physically and financially separated good um and paul in a moment of super maturity not uh emptied their joint banking account and had an affair with his ex-girlfriend what the fuck and hired a pi i every time i think i can't hate this man more yeah this man's a like a whole trash bag a whole trash bag like, how are you going to take the money that she earned when you didn't even let her see her family? Oh, it gets worse, better, better, worse, better, worse. Um, So for whatever reason, him emptying their joint banking account only lasted him till July. He doesn't know how to make money. I can't even speak. I'm so annoyed. Um. So in July, he begins like selling all of the gifts that she received like as her playboy no. of the year whatever that thing was no um like started selling all of her gifts for cash um just to like keep himself afloat because at this time he's living in the u.s without a green card like he's technically on uh whatever the not fiance visa but like the after you get married visa uh, get this man deported like a like a, a genuinely like why did she not get this man deported like Get him out of here. I know. So by mid-July, production on They All Laughed has wrapped up. And July 30th, Dorothy officially and quietly moves in with Peter. July 31st, (laughs) Paul hid on Peter's estate with a handgun, later admitting that his intent was to shoot anyone that showed up to the entrance of the property. But after several hours, he grew impatient and left. 
Like, if there was a definition of small dick energy, like, this would be it. Like, 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 you can't even fucking shoot. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. This man is, like, raging incompetence, like, wrapped up in a human-shaped form. I mean, we've both been in an abusive relationship, so, like, I mean, you get how hard it is to get out, but, like, the flip side of that is, like, he met her when she was 17. Like, she was wholeheartedly groomed. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. Like, it it's a lot different when you're actually, like, inside of it. Like, I don't blame her for not leaving or deporting him like she should have. Um, but it's just, mm-hmm. like, it's so frustrating. I think it's, it's like, even more frustrating yeah. as someone who's, like, been through it to sit there and watch like watch it play out like and even though like you Mm -hmm. know how it goes and like you know and you understand like why they're justifying it and why they're not leaving um you can't stop yourself from having this like you know you just want to shake them and you're like no like I already did this like I already made this mistake like you don't have to make it uh it gets worse I know it does Sorry. Um, so we are now in August and on August 8th, he convinces Dorothy to meet up with him. Mm. Um, he, I guess, had some like grand plan to like make some big romantic gesture and convince her to take him back and blah, blah, blah. Um, instead, she basically told him to fuck off and said that she had fallen in love with Peter and that she had plans to finalize their divorce. Good. I feel like I keep saying good for her, but like good for her. Good for her. We we stand. Yes, we do. We absolutely do. <sighs> like, I know it gets worse, but, like, it's already so bad with, like, all the grooming and shit. Like, ugh. Well, grooming you and, like, being super shitty. Because, I mean, everybody around them knew that he was shitty. Like, right. on, set, on the set for one of her films, like, they said that they argued with each other every single day. Which is a lot. Like, dude's clearly not stable. His response was to fly out and make her do a ton of fucking appearances instead of letting her spend time with her family and then when she said she wanted to separate his response was to fucking empty their joint bank account like which is so petty and like so childish like it was probably just because he was like i'm not gonna make any more money off of her if she leaves me but like fuck you dude fuck you so august 13th Paul buys a used 12-gauge shotgun. Mm. Uh, And later that day, in a conversation with friends, explained it away by saying that he had plans to take up hunting. I'm sorry. People don't hunt with a shotgun like that, and it's fucking L.A. People in L.A. just take up All the time. Yeah. So much. Because they have so much room for it. Uh, It was also reported that during this conversation, he kept casually bringing up other playmates that had died unexpectedly. (sighs) See, I feel like this shit happens a lot in, like, murders that we talk about where people will, like, brag about it or they'll, like, talk about it or something. They'll say something stupid to, like, get themselves caught. But, like, why? Like, if you're really planning on murdering your playboy, bunny, ex-wife, wife, whatever you want to call her at this Mm -hmm. point, like, why would you ever bring up other ones who had died? literally like that is like the basics of like getting away with a crime is like i don't know not telling everyone you did it literally 
On August 14th, Paul and Dorothy had plans to meet up to discuss like the technicalities of their separation. Um, Dorothy's business manager had speculated that morning that handing off negotiations to her lawyer might be a better option. Um, but Dorothy insisted that the process would be easier, easier if she dealt with Paul herself, um, adding that she wanted this to be kind of like as smooth and as not dramatic as possible. Uh, see, you know, like I can't even fault her on that one, even though my heart is like screaming, like, just get a fucking lawyer, literally just get a fucking lawyer. But like, I mean, when we and me and Zach divorced, like I didn't I didn't get a lawyer. I mean, neither of us got a lawyer. Like we just dealt with it ourselves. Um, and like, you know, that was like an abusive situation, but also I didn't have the money for a lawyer. So it's like in her case, I'm like, no, just get the fucking lawyer. Like you can pay for it. Yeah. So about that, um, (laughs) around noon on the 14th, she goes to the house that Paul was renting. Um, and they were alone since his roommates had left earlier that morning. Um, and they returned the reports that I found said that his roommates returned around 8 p.m., um, noting that, like, her car was still in the driveway and that his bedroom door was still closed. Um, so, like, they assumed that they had reconciled and probably, like, wanted some privacy. Um, so they went to the living room and kind of, like, turned the TV on to, you know, kind of give them their space. I'm sorry. If I knew my friend was meeting with their abusive ex and then I didn't like hear from them or see them the second I got home, I would not assume that they had reconciled. I would assume that he had killed her or hurt her. Around 11 p.m. is when Paul's PI contacts the roommates and is like, hey, I think something might be wrong. Um, And shortly after 11, the roommates go into the bedroom to discover the bodies of Dorothy and Paul. Like, okay, like, I understand that they're already dead, and they were probably dead from the second they got home, so, like, before they even got home, but, like I said, like, I would assume that my friend had been hurt or injured. Honestly, like, I would have never let my friend meet with that person alone, like, I would have at least been in the house with them, but, like... I, I, like, I feel like these are bad friends. Yeah. And I feel like this was, like, 100% preventable. Oh, yeah. No, as soon as you, like, hear this, like, as soon as we're, like, we're talking about a murder of a Playboy bunny and here's this man that groomed her, you're like, okay, yeah, this guy murdered her. Uh, But, yeah, the... Yeah, I didn't expect him to be dead, though. I'm not going to lie. Right. Like, didn't see that. So, according to the police timeline, uh, Paul had shot her about an hour after she arrived and then shot himself about an hour after that. So, basically, he shot himself when he realized that he was not going to get away with it no matter what, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we love men. We love it here, guys. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the thing, is that, like, so he shot her, and then an hour after shooting her, he shot himself. So you know that he spent that entire hour kind of, like, do I do it? Do I not? And, like... Yeah, like, he literally probably realized, like, he did it, like, in a fit of passion, uh, though it honestly kind of sounds like he planned it, but... Yeah. we'll, We'll give him the benefit of the doubt and say it was a fit of passion or whatever, But, like, he probably realized, like, there's no fucking way. Like, he is obviously easily the biggest target. I, when I first read about this, I decided that 
Paul is like a little bitch boy and killed himself because like my dude you killed a playboy bunny and like playboy magazines are like fucking currency in prison you're gonna tell me somebody's not gonna beat your fucking ass for killing their favorite playboy bunny especially because she was like a playboy bunny of the year playboy bunny so there's probably a lot of people who are very attached yeah yeah i i think you might be right like i i decided that he knew that prison was not gonna end well for him and he just like little bitch boy I mean, he little bitch boy, no matter what. I think we can all agree on that. Um, but yeah, I, you know, honestly, I didn't even really like think about that. I thought I like more just in the sense of like he knew he wasn't going to get away with it and like not go to prison. But you're right. Like he would have had a mm. bad time in prison. Yeah. Like a bad time. Yeah. I don't really blame him. Oh, yeah. Well, I blame him. I blame him a lot. I blame him for pretty much everything. And I really fucking hate him. But like, you, you, you know what I mean? And especially with everybody in her life being like, you should leave him. He is shitty. Like, as soon as people found out she was dead, everybody was going to point fingers at Paul. Like, literally everybody. Literally everybody. That had ever met him or seen the two of them interact or had ever spoken to her. Like, there was no possible way for him to get away with this. The morning of August 15th, Paul's PI calls the Playboy Mansion and personally gives Hefner the news. And this is the one and only time that Hugh Hefner has earned my respect. The one and only time. Uh, he personally called Peter to tell him what happened. Okay. So, like, I see why you give him credit. And I'm not discrediting that. Because I get it. I get where you're coming from with this here. But. I mean. But. I think it's fucking weird. I do think it's weird. Uh, I, I Like, that's the cop's job. Like, why is the PI fucking informing her workplace? Like, that's the cop's job. And, like, on top of that, why would her employer be like, oh, I'm the one that should tell her husband? I, I guess I see both sides of the coin. Because, like, if you're a PI, like, who are you going to call? Hugh Hefner? Or you gonna you going to call the guy that she was leaving her husband for and be like, hey... I'm the PI that was hired by her super shitty soon-to-be ex-husband who just killed her. I mean, no offense, but I wouldn't call anybody. <laughs> like, like I'm not getting paid to do that. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. The person who paid me is dead. My source of income is gone. I have no loyalty sure. to this case or these people anymore. And I get, I get, he was probably like, she was a nice lady. Like, this is bad. But like, that's, you know, I'm not getting paid. Like, this is, I am no longer involved in this. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, it's not my job to inform her workplace or her family or her lover or her husband or whatever the fuck. Uh, like, that is outside my realm of job description. Like, not happening. Hugh tells Peter. Peter reportedly collapses and has to be sedated after hearing the news. Oh, that's really sad, actually. Yeah. That's upsetting. Yeah. Poor guy. There's some aftermath stuff that we'll cover because, quite frankly, um, we're not going to end on Paul. We're going to end on what everybody did for Dorothy. So she was cremated and her remains are at a cemetery in L.A. Um 
Peter chose a passage from chapter 34 of Ernest Hemingway's A Farewell to Arms uh, to be on her grave marker. And kind of cool, I guess, um, three years after the murder, um, Hemingway's granddaughter, Marielle Hemingway, um, played Dorothy in a biopic titled Star 80. So, like, I thought that was kind of cool. Um, yeah. So, as for Peter, um, in 81, which is, you know, about a year after Dorothy's death, um, he decides to release They All Laughed. Um, and it only had, like, a little limited run in a handful of theaters, and it was kind of, like, quietly withdrawn because it didn't do super great. Um, Peter was pissed about this. Um, he thought the movie decided, or he, like, decided that the movie deserved, like, nationwide release, and, you know, like, Dorothy deserved better, and, like, she needed like her last performance needed to be seen by like a big audience um so he bought the theatrical rights to the picture and paid for a re-release in nearly a dozen large markets across north america he sank like five million dollars into all of this like i appreciate the energy and i appreciate like the dedication and love that he had for her but like do you think that she would want you to put yourself in the poorhouse to like remember her like I don't think she would honestly (laughs) like I don't get that vibe from her you know what this reminds me of though and this is really weird but like (laughs) this was the first thing I thought of when you said all of this it really reminds me of Eliza and Hamilton (laughs) like the you raise funds in BC for the Washington Monument (laughs) you could have so much more if you only had time exactly see you get the vibe you get it you get it (laughs) he did end up declaring bankruptcy in 1985 uh and he actually lost the la home that he shared with dorothy see this is what i'm saying like she would not want that for him like she would have wanted him to remember her in a better way yeah i mean artists are weird dude (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. You don't got to tell me that twice. Um, And, you know, since its debut, uh, They All Laughed has now been recognized by filmmakers and critics alike uh, to be one of Peter's best projects. Well, good. I'm glad at least, like, it got some renown. And I'm not trying to say, like, she didn't deserve it. Like, I think she absolutely deserved those things. But, like, I just don't think she would have wanted him to, like, ruin his life. That takes us to 84. Um, So in 84, Peter, with the help of publisher William Morrow, released a book called The Killing of the Unicorn. Um, And it's a kind of biography slash memoir from kind of Peter's perspective. We, We stand Peter for this because this book was considered like very controversial when he released it. Sorry, I know how words work. He, like, was not kind to anybody. Uh, he roasted the shit out of Paul. Uh, he mm, kind of went on an attack route to, like, Hefner, the playboy philosophy, the, like, sexualization of, I mean, basically a minor, um, and the entire playboy organization. Um, in 
in oh, it gets better. In the book, he claims that Hefner sexually assaulted Dorothy. Um, and according to his allegation, the assault happened when the two were alone in the Playboy Mansion um, at the end of Dorothy's first day of posing for the f- magazine photographer. So she was 18 when this allegedly happened. Mm, I don't want to talk about Hollywood or groomers anymore. Are we done? I hate it. He also, like, I guess in the original manuscript of the book, Peter's original, like, verbiage was rape. Um, but the publishers made him change it to seduced because um, Hefner's lawyers threatened a lawsuit. Like, I'm sorry, at your grown fucking age of ancient, like, Hugh Hefner. Like, no, you did not seduce an 18-year-old girl. That's not what this was about. Yeah. Like, it, that's not what happened. Like, I don't give a shit. Like, it's not what happened. So there was more allegations that happened in this book. Like, this man went the fuck off. <laughs> I mean, I appreciate that he put his whole pussy into it, but, like, damn. I appreciate him. He really took himself down in a blaze of glory. Yeah, I mean, we love so, that. So there was a ton of allegations, but the most significant ones were that Paul didn't marry Dorothy out of love, but rather used the marriage as an excuse to basically cock block Hefner. Uh, I don't really see that being the case, honestly. Which, like, hmm. I don't know that... I I agree that he probably didn't do it out of love. I don't know that he did it to cock block Hefner. He probably just did it for his own gains because, like, home dude was a pimp and saw that she was doing really well. Yeah, like, he just wanted to take advantage of her from her money because he already was with her before, like, Hugh Hefner even got involved. So I I think he just knew he could, like, ride her to the top. Yeah. Literally. Um, Yeah, I agree with you. I don't think it had anything to do with Hefner. The second, like, really big kind of claim that he made in the book was that Dorothy hated nude modeling and dealing with everything associated with Playboy in general um, but only tolerated it in order to promote her acting career and she apparently had plans to like drop out of the mansion as soon as she had a little bit more stable income with the acting. Okay but like can you fucking blame her? It it sounds horrible. Like, all I've ever heard about being a Playboy bunny sounds, like, fucking terrible. Like, there's a lot of sexual assault allegations, like, a lot of body dysmorphia and eating disorders and, uh, you know, God, I'm sure there's so much more that I know nothing about. Like, that's Mm -hmm. only, like, the surface level things that I know about and like it's all fucking terrible like I know it's a lot better now like it seems like in recent years especially since Hugh Hefner died like Playboy has taken like a lot of like good moves like they've increased their diversity um they're much more inclusive like they seem better and healthier to work for but like still like can you blame her yeah I feel like you know it was the 70s 80s and if you want to be an actress, but you kind of want to fast track your way and you know you're cute, you just head over to the mansion and then use it as a stepping stone. One of the other like really big allegations he made in the book, which I want to find this book. I want to read it because I feel like it's just seething. Um, but part of it, part of like his allegations was he gave partial responsibility for her murder to Hefner. Because um, I guess like, the week that she had been murdered 
um, Hefner had banned Peter from the mansion. And so like, or not Peter, Paul. Banned Paul from the mansion. Sorry. Too many P names. Yeah. Um, so he banned Paul from the mansion. So Peter was like, you just stoked his fucking rage and added to the already shitstorm that was brewing because she was trying to leave him. Yeah. So this is one of the points that Hafner actually addressed. Um, and he, you know, I guess reportedly said that he like sympathized with Peter's point of view um, and explained that the purpose of the ban was to encourage Dorothy to kind of appear with Peter at the mansion as like a couple. Um, Cause obviously like he likes Peter, he's a director, like he introduced or not introduced, but was kind of like played a part in them meeting each other. Um, so he said it was more as like a trying to give them a safe space to be a couple. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I'm also biased cause I feel like it's about impossible for me to ever be on Hughes. Hugh Hefner side about literally anything. I'm not going to lie to you. I am kind of biased. Nearly every review of Killing the Killing of the Unicorn was negative, like every single one. Um but it was like it wasn't negative because of what he said. Like no almost nobody objected to his attacks on Hefner and Playboy and this whole like Madonna horror complex that was happening in the 80s um they all of the negative reviews were like we empathize with you and we understand why you did this but like we really wish you hadn't published this like you you should have kept this to yourself yeah i mean especially like in a big industry like that like when you come out as a whistleblower or as someone who's speaking against it like I feel like you are putting a big target on your back. Like there are billions of dollars wrapped up in this industry, in sex work, in Hollywood, in all of this stuff, in the media, in the marketing, in the appearances. Like people don't play with this stuff lightly and there's so much money involved. Like people don't mm-hmm. play with that lightly either. And I feel like doing something like this, like you are painting a giant bullseye right on your back. Yeah, so... The only other claim that, like, Hefner addressed after the whole killing the unicorn thing was the, obviously, sexual assault thing. Um, in one interview, he said that he, you know, absolutely would never. He saw himself as more as a friend slash father, father figure to Dorothy since he was 33 years older than her at the time. Okay, but then why has, like, a bunch of other people reported that the same fucking thing happened to them from this ancient, disgusting old man? Yeah. Yeah, not on his side. It's fine. In 85, when asked again about this, um, he half admitted to it. Um, He said that, you know, after she first arrived in L.A., the two had taken a naked little soak in a jacuzzi um but he claimed that nothing happened but then in another view said that like the only thing they did was hug but he never forced himself on her um and you know said that despite his reputation he would never make a pass at somebody so young um but like but why were you naked in a jacuzzi with her then yeah like there's no platonic way to be naked in a jacuzzi i'm sorry if you're gonna 
like if you're gonna say that like oh i was like a father figure then like why are you naked in a hot tub because like yeah like that is not explainable or excusable wouldn't absolutely not yeah like could never sorry sorry scott but naked naked hot tub's not happening yeah like mm, no no. i'd rather throw up and die (laughs) like it's not an excuse absolutely not so gross um so yeah that was kind of the only address he made to that claim uh which was like it kind of sounds like you did it my guy yeah like kind of sounds like it happened yeah like it really sounds like it happened but okay <laughs> literally like i'm sorry you all you did was hug you naked hugged in a hot tub yeah like and uh, why are you naked hugging what? like why would clothes ever be off but like why would you be embracing <laughs> Like this, this math ain't mathin'. <laughs> it is absolutely not adding up here. Uh, yeah. So, moving on to something better. Dorothy did get to kind of live on. Um, so her legacy includes two films. Um, one is Death of a Centerfold, which had Jamie Lee Curtis playing her. Ooh. Um, and Bruce White's played Paul. Oh. And then there was the Star 81 where Mariel Hemingway played Dorothy and Eric Roberts played Paul. I still love that little Hemingway knot. That's cute. And then in a weird twist of events, uh, which is where I start losing respect for Peter, um, in 88, at age 49, he married Dorothy's little sister, Louise, who was 20. What? I thought he was misguided, but I liked him. But now I don't. I don't like him anymore. Yeah, I really don't. Yeah. Oh, he her sister. Not it. Why? <laughs> yeah. Um. They got divorced in two thousand one. I still hate it. I don't care that they're not still together. That's gross. Ew. Um. And then there was also some songs that were written about her. Um. So the best is yet to come. It. That was um, uh, by Brian Adams. There we go. I had to think about it for a second. Um, yeah, best best was yet to come by Brian Adams was a kind of memorial for Dorothy, um, as well as Prism's Cover Girl was also meant to be kind of a memorial for her. It's sweet how many people were like inspired by her, like. <sighs> Like, as much as he annoys me, like, I am glad that he gave back to, like, her legacy and her memory. Yeah. And then, I don't, I have to listen to the song again, but apparently Californication by Red Hot Chili Peppers makes reference to her as well. Interesting. Uh, yeah, like, I looked up the lyrics and it's like, I guess it could loosely be tied to her, but, like, not particularly. Um, so, yeah, that is the very sad story of dorothy stratton the playboy bunny which i'm sure there's like a million and one stories like this um this is just the most popular one that i found um i know and it's sad like how common it is like you're not wrong like the story of a young girl getting groomed and then taken advantage (laughs) of for her talents like We've never heard that before. What? Minors getting groomed for because they're pretty by really shitty men? That's never happened before. And then the (laughs) men finding out that they're like wildly talented and then just riding their coattails and taking all of their money? Yeah, that sounds right. 
Mm, and then men killing them because they realized that they were trash and tried to leave them. And then killing Never themselves because they're a little bitch boy that can't <laughs> handle going to prison. Yeah. Uh, keep it spooky, um, but not so spooky <laughs> that you are such a little bitch um, that you won't even face up to your punishment. Like, if you're going to be shitty, like, at least be brave enough. I don't think I have anything. Like, you kind of hit it there. Just, you know, keep it spooky, but not so spooky that you're a little fucking bitch. And that you be a little bitch that's, that's, a, that's my only Ew. other takeaway from this. Yeah, like, let's no. not... <laughs> If they're under 21, don't touch them at all. Like, uh, like I know that 18, age of consent. First of all, the minute you say the words age of consent, I'm already like, this man's a rapist. Like, the minute you have pulled out the words age of consent, rapist, you're a pedophile. <laughs> Done. I'm sorry. I am 26 years old, almost 27. I don't think I would ever date someone or even be friends with someone younger than, like, 23. Mm-mm. Like, I mean, acquaintances, like, I know them. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I have family. I have friends. Why did you um, make it sound like, like they're cryptids? Like, I know people under the age of 20. <laughs> yeah, like, they I don't know, exist, I know but I know them. of them. <laughs> like, I know they <laughs> exist, but, like, those aren't the people I'm hitting up to hang out. Oh, yeah, no. Like, they're, I'm not hitting them up for dates. Like like you Mm -hmm. have to be at a certain like i want someone who's at like an equal part of life with me you know yeah like you don't necessarily have to be like my age specifically but like there's a lot of things you learn from like 20 like 18 through 25 is like a wild time and like Mm -hmm. genuinely like you need someone to that's on the exact same tip as you like yeah I mean, we've talked about this before, though. This is why predators do predatory things is because, like, they're not on the same level of right, and it makes it life so easier as everybody else their age. So it's a lot easier to just, you know, groom somebody and be like, oh, yeah, look, I'm amazing and blah, blah, blah. But actually, I'm trash. And that's why women my age won't date me. Yeah. And it's like they never grow up either. So it's like mentally, mm-hmm. like, those people probably are around their, like, you know, like their age level. Yeah. Like, yeah, I can, I can tell you haven't grown up since you were 15 fucking years old. Like, don't say, like, it's a flex. Like, <laughs> Based on your mani- manipulation tactics, we have determined that you are about 12. Yeah, like, I just, like, it's unsettling. Like, I'm not gonna lie, like, even, like, older men, like, I'm sorry, if you are, like, 60 and you're dating, like, a 20-year-old, especially if you have children, like, my first mm-hmm. thought is that you have either abused your children or you've thought about it. Mm-hmm. you know what i mean like instantly i'm like that's a predator yeah that, yeah Mm-mm. yeah Mm-mm. and unfortunately this this case was riddled with predators left right and center yeah i, I i'm done i don't want to talk about it anymore <laughs> i don't want to think about these people anymore i fucking hate them uh... so uh you you know you know the drill we've got all of the things all of the things are available through one easy to find page, our beacons page. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, is it Bitches and Murders podcast or is it Be and Murders podcast? Because I know some, I can't remember. Uh, oh, God, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> you would know it if I didn't just say that. <laughs> I know. I feel uh, like it's Bitches and Murders. Yeah, it's Bitches and Murders. Okay, that's what I thought. I didn't want it to be wrong. Beacons doesn't censor us, unlike Twitter, who's a little bitch 
and, and made us have to put our fucking thing as at and murders instead of just letting us be what we are. But just it's let me fine. be who I am. It's and been like it. three years, and I'm still salty with Twitter about not letting us use our full name. But murders is acceptable. You won't let bitches be in my name, but murders is acceptable. Get fucked, Twitter. Right, like it I'm, sounds I'm not over it. Like okay, if, when you hear the name bitches and murder, like if I didn't know that name, like that was not our name, like I would assume that it would it, it was something like we have, like oh that's a true crime thing, mm-hmm. it's probably a podcast or something. But when I see an a, a, an app that's like and murders, I'm like oh are you just like a gore page? <laughs> like oh what is this? Like that sounds scary. Like <laughs> oh um... Twitter. We love it here. It's only gotten better in recent days. We have very different definitions of better. (laughs) That was the most sarcastic better I could come up with. Uh, Yeah, follow us on the things. You get the things. Stay spooky. uh, Stay spooky. And scene. (laughs) And scene.